Hello, and welcome to the Spirit Guide Society podcast. My name is Peter Shanahan, and I'm your spirit guide. Tonight in the Whiskey Society at Seven Grand, we had Shinobu Distillery in the house with Mr. Devin Hawley. He also tasted us on the Kujira line, so two new Japanese whiskeys to the American market. We were some of the first people in Southern California to be able to taste this juice. We tasted through the Shinobu blended malt, the Shinobu pure malt, all made by Usame-san, thank you, sir. And then the Kujira line, which is Awamori, which is, you'll have to check out the podcast to find out, but basically a regional specialty form of shoju, but bottled as rice whiskey here in America. We tried the Kujira 8-year and then the Kujira 20-year. It's an amazing podcast. Be sure to tell your friends about it who want to learn more about the spirits that they love. Always remember to enjoy this podcast responsibly. That means don't drink Japanese whiskey and do a spit take all over your cat. That's alcohol abuse, and I resent it. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. So give us a little background. Like right now, they're as you can tell, people are really curious about Japanese whiskeys. Everybody, right, when a new Japanese them. whiskey comes to market, everybody's clamoring to get their hands on to try it out for the first time. Mm -hmm. Now, under Japanese law, though, very clearly, you don't necessarily have to make the whiskey in Japan to call it Japanese whiskey. You don't. It's actually one of the more unregulated whiskey categories. But okay, what I was alluding to, though, is that often when Japanese... Japanese whiskey's come to market right now because there's this fever pitch craze for Japanese whiskey. A lot of it's actually being bought from other countries and then seeing additional age in Japan. Is that what's going on in Shinobu as well? A portion of, yes. He does have an active still. He does distill some native spirit. But in all honesty, yes, uh, about half of it comes from Ireland and it comes from barrels that came from the Cooley distillery which is three times distilled in copper pot stills. And then uh, we can go into the barrel aging later, but those are ex-bourbon and uh, ex-sherry come from there. Okay, um, so buying distillate from Ireland, blending mm -hmm. it with spirit that you guys are making at Shinobu. Mm -hmm. Now, it's funny. You, do you know what Shinobu means in Japanese? This is a trick question. It's, it it has a lot that. of meanings, but okay. for the sake of ease, we can say... Um, ninja or warrior or something like that. The greater term forbearance, meaning the fortitude, strength, all that kind of... Uh, the, the Self-control, self patience. patience, everything that goes into being the warrior. It makes sense if you're going to be a Japanese whiskey maker in this time, you're going to need that forbearance. Yeah, and that patience. Like patience yeah. and self-control, because yeah. you don't want to rush things to market. So this first spirit that Stephanie and Ever are coming around with here, about you guys, huh? Right? <laughs> oh, yeah, we're thirsty, too. We're thirsty, too. Yeah, right? I, I just I just lick my sweat. I'll be fine. So tell us, this is five years old, about? Is that the average of the in, Japanese In distillate? the blended? Three years. Actually, in this, in this pure, too, we'll get to that, but three years as well. And what kind of cooperage are you starting off in? Used bourbon casks? So it's actually, for the sake of ease, I, we say finished in Mizunara. But it's actually a blend from what comes from Ireland is, uh, is their barrels of ex-bourbon and ex-sherry. Um, and then it's actually added to a finish of about three months in um, Mizunara oak, which is Japanese native oak. Which is really distinctive flavored wood. I yes. mean, 
if you think about American oak, brings you kind of the classic vanillins, those caramel vanilla notes that we know and we love in bourbon. Uh, the charred sugars of the white oak tree is what give American whiskey its character. And in other parts of the world, sometimes they finish in European oak. European oak's a lot more tannic, brings you darker notes like black walnut, brown butter. can really take on a lot of a really heavy essence very quickly. Mm. Now, Mizunara, for one thing, is it's a super porous wood, not super great it's, for making barrels out of, right? It's not exactly. It, it is super porous. It's very wet. Mizunara itself means wet oak. Um, it's, it uh, grows best in the northern, more temperate climates. So we're talking Honshu or the north end of Hokkaido. Um, it's, uh, it kind of originated out of a barrel shortage in World War II, and of course the, the demand for whiskey rose from there. Um, it's an interesting oak, because uh, it, it has this, it's very tannic and it has this very uh, strong sandalwood note to it. You might also get uh, Japanese incense is a, is a common one. Um, but kind of the thing about it is that it takes either you have two options with it. You can either finish to get just a little snap of it in the whiskey, or you have to wait a long, long time because a lot of that tannin has to mellow too. But being a super porous wood, you don't want to age a lot of your whiskey in it because the whiskey, the barrel itself is just going to drink all your whiskey. Right. And, yeah. and they tend to leak a lot too. Is what it I'm does leak, yeah. They're not if great barrel wood. The oak that comes from further south can leak more. That's why the, the northern oak is a little better. But yes, you do run that risk too. You lose a lot to the, the devil's cut and the and, angel's And it's a, it's a protected species, is my understanding, is that the Mizunara is, is a protected species in Japan, yes? That it, it, it is regulated, but uh, you have to commercially grow it. Um, which is another reason why it's difficult is because it, uh, it doesn't grow straight, so it has to be constantly manipulated as it grows. And it takes about 150 to 200 years before it can be broken up into wooded enough for a barrel by a cooper. Yeah. So some really, really rare wood. Right. So, and what is the name of this mark here? This is Shinobu... This uh, is the blended malt. Both the blended and a pure malt are finished in Mizunara. Blended whiskey, Mizunara oak. This, thank you for asking. It's uh, it's so it's a blended malt whiskey. It's actually half wheat and half malt with malt barley. Actually, for blended malt whiskeys, this is pretty high. Uh, most blended malts will be sub five percent. So we're actually working on a half and half basis. Interesting. That's very different. So let's get into this, guys. Stick your nose in that glass. Breathe in gently through your mouth. You already drank your whiskey, man. You're, <laughs> You've appreciated it very quickly. All right. That's cool. It's cool. It's all right. Uh, well, what are you guys getting as you smell this Shinobu blended malt whiskey? Yeasty? Smells like beer. Smells like beer? What else? That's good. That's good. It's perfumey to me. What are you guys getting over here? Yeah, come on. Share some food words. There's no wrong answers here. What do you guys think of this? What does it smell like to you? Barley. Barley? Barley? It's, it has a definite isopropyl note, which reminds me of some Irish whiskeys. Mm -hmm. It's very astringent, uh, right in the middle of my palate. What else are you guys getting here? Say again? It's light, light and woody. So now tap some over your tongue. What are you experiencing as that kind of spreads out over your whole palate there? Share your experience, please. No wrong answers. It smells like the salt in the ocean, like, you know, just by smelling it. Okay, sea so air. there's a minerality to it, huh? Like sea air. Nice. What else? What else are you guys getting back here? Ever, what do you think of this one? Spicy. Spicy? Very light on the bottom. Mm-hmm. 
Very light. Mm -hmm. So, this uh, Usami-san, mm -hmm. what is his goal in creating, like, what is the DNA of Shinobu whiskey going to be? Like, with his forbearance, his patience, looking oh. into the future, what is the ultimate goal in terms of flavor I'm, profile? I'm glad you asked. Um, in terms of flavor profile, uh, just more, he's very much focused on Mizunara oak. Um, so everything that comes with, uh, like I said, the Japanese incense, the sandalwood notes. Fun fact, uh, so right now uh, they're working this still nonstop. Their goal is to produce 600 liters a day, eventually, of homegrown Japanese whiskey. And they're renovating a 500, uh, uh, excuse me, a uh, 5,000 square meter uh, warehouse for the distillery. And also, they purchased land about 50,000 square meters in the uh, north area of Hokkaido in the mountains for cultivating Mizunara oak. So they only have to wait 120 years uh, for it to come 100, 150 to 200. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. so he's definitely focused on he's, Mizunara on, oak. On, he's focused on yeah. uh, like eternal life. I think. Pretty much. Remember, we talked about forbearance. Yeah, yeah sure. that's a long time. <laughs> it's a long time. So now... That's still, he can only produce 600 liters per day. That's only four barrels or so per day. So five years, you guys have been, you're ramping up to a, wow, he's, four barrels a day. He's ramping How up. How can you guys keep up with demand? Are you for sale in Japan right now? It is for sale in Japan right now. And now you're going to be for sale here in Southern California, it is, is that correct? It's actually been on sale here in the U.S., uh, different parts of the U.S. and here in Southern California since December. Oh, wow. Just December. And you haven't sold out yet? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. So what's the capacity like going forward this next year? What are you going to be able to crank out? Start small, but we're hoping to crank out about 8,000 cases nationally. And for this blended malt that we just tasted, what's the bottle price going to be at my local liquor store? Well, it depends on where, but we're hopefully getting it uh, around $49.99. Maybe up to $55, depending. So $50 bottle of... A new Japanese whiskey for you to try, but again, a lot of Irish whiskey in here as well. But as we do, when you're just starting off, you gotta try That's to true. get some shelf space out there. Yep, can't wait Easy. on the whiskey forever. <laughs> Even with all that forbearance and patience, right? So. All right, so Ever and Stephanie are coming around with the second mark for you guys. What is this one going to be, Devin? So this is a similar blend, it's the pure malt whiskey. Hopefully everyone here is familiar with the no, term pure malt. Give us the malt. legal definition of what does pure malt whiskey mean under Japanese law. Okay, so a pure malt uh, is kind of a, a term that it's not in favor with other uh, whiskey producing countries, but it's big in Japan. You can't call it a single malt because it's not from a, it's not malt from a single distillery. So as opposed to the first one we had was a blended malt, half wheat, half barley. This one is 100% barley, therefore it is a pure malt. But from, again, some from the Cooley Distillery. Yes. Some from Shinobu. Yes. Is there any other whiskeys that you guys are buying from? No. Any other distillers? No. Okay. But all malted barley, no wheat. No wheat in and this no one. no grain whiskey, meaning nothing coming no, off the No still. grain whiskey, no wheat, no nothing. This is all 100% malt barley. And not that much is made. So that's, that's amazing because like, I'm wondering how you guys are going to be able to keep up with demand, even just here in Southern California alone. If it catches fire, if you're only producing like four barrels a day. Right. Well, hopefully in the coming years we can produce like, something that we can produce a significant amount of 100% Japanese. Until that day, we'll be drinking Irish, but. All right, so you guys just stick your nose in this glass of this Shinobu Pure Malt Whiskey. 
Breathe in gently through your mouth and please share your experience. What food words come to mind? Or maybe it's a color, or maybe it's a texture, or maybe it's a memory of a place. But share your experience, please. This is a place to get better at your own ability to identify the strengths of your own palate. Yes. It smells like one of them, like, seeded snaps. Nice, okay, all right, all right. Okay, what kind of complexity? Are you getting, like, fruits or sugars, or what are you getting? Okay. I like seaweed. Seaweed's a good one. Yeah. Smoother, sweeter. It's non-chill filtered, no nothing. This is 100% natural. And what is the proof on this one that we're trying now? They're both 43%. Both Shinobos are 43%, so 86 proof. So if it's non-chill filtered and 86 proof, that means if we put a piece of ice on there, it might get a little cloudy? Oh, it will. Okay. I've seen it, I've seen it in a cold warehouse. Ooh, yeah, it looks, looks weird. Really cool. Interestingly enough, when we're talking about the color, I want to add that this one, while the last one was finished for three months in, in Mizunara oak, this one has been aged just the same amount of time, about three years. Um, but the, different, the darker color comes from, there were barrels that were for three years aged in Mizunara. And that's where you're saying some of that color is coming from? Yes. But you don't char Mizunara barrels, right? You just toast them. You just toast them. So how much color is going to come from a toasted barrel as opposed to a charred Well, remember, it is very porous and wet wood, so okay. a lot of that tannin. Okay. How much do these bottles go for? The pure malt uh, will probably be around uh, $69.99. And that first one, he was saying between $49 and $55. $49.55, this one around $70. I should add that the, uh, barrel, the bourbon and... Um, and sherry are second and third fill, but the Mizunara is just once virgin. And you never reuse those Mizunara casks? No, it's too wet. That's crazy. Oh, I'm just, oh, they could do something, I'm sure. Maybe you go to Japan, you find Niigata beer Mizunara, something like that. You know. Right, that's crazy Pretty to much. me too, because bourbon casks are used over and over and over. They're saying that they only use that Mizunara barrel just once, and it seems kind of counterintuitive to me that a barrel that's so rare would only be used once. They but. make great Adirondack chairs. You know, interestingly, I should add that Mizunara oak makes the finest weapons. Finest oh. weapons? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've beat people to death with barrel staves before. Just, you're in California. We're very concerned about those trees. I know, about those oak trees in, in Hokkaido. All over. We should all be concerned about those trees. So uh, Stephanie's coming around with the third mark. What is this one going to be? That little tiny bottle. All right. So we are. So we are switching distilleries here. We're traveling all the way from uh, northwestern Japan or northeastern Japan to Okinawa, which is much further south. Uh, it says on the box Ryukyo whiskey because Ryukyo is the uh, prefecture of uh, Japan, where Okinawa is the, um, I guess you could roughly equivalent of a capital. And this is. Your other distillery? This is our other distillery. So this eight year, as opposed to the 20 year we're gonna try, the 20 year is in the States, uh, but the eight year is yet unreleased. You'll actually see the bottle that Steph has. Uh, it's not an American bottle, it's a 600 CL, uh, and it doesn't have an American TTB label on the back, it has just Japanese characters, so no government warnings, no import, anything like that. So, you know. This is like he's, he take, pulled this out of his baggage. And <laughs> yeah, yet, yet unreleased. Okay. So, new distillery. Um, this is 100% grown in Japan. Yeah. This is, but this is something a little different. Yeah, well, it says single grain on it. So, this is not a, a grain whiskey, of course, means it's coming usually off of, this is not a pot still. It's going to be a column still, right? Yes. 
Well, actually, no, because there's some tradition behind it. Okay, talk to um, me. For lack of a, way, a better way to describe it because of US regulation, um, it is, you would call it a single grain. It's actually made from 100% rice. Uh, in this case, it's indica rice. Um, and there's actually- Indica? Yes. No CBDs in this whiskey, all right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, we don't want you to get too rowdy here. Um, well, it'll be the anti-rowdy. I know. It was just like really mellow, man. I'll give you an upper and a downer. <laughs> um, so there's actually an indigenous beverage to, uh, to Okinawa called awamori. Um, it's similar to a soju. Uh, it's actually more of a, a regional difference um, that makes it an awamori versus a soju. Um, so it's made from 100% indica rice. Uh, it's fermented using what's called a koji, which is essentially a mold, kind of there akin to some yeast. And just like there may be a champagne yeast or a Riesling yeast or an Alsatian or something like that, this is a black koji, which is the native species just to Okinawa. Uh, there's also a yellow and white koji, uh, which are more inconsistent at warmer climates. So this is black is cultivated just in Okinawa. Very interesting stuff. Yeah, super unique. So koji is what, if you've ever had tempeh, koji is what they use to ferment tempeh. And it's, it's an edible form of mold. But it does basically the same thing that yeast does in terms that it digests sugars mm -hmm. and turns them into alcohol. But being a different kind of microorganism, it's going to create different flavors, right? So let's stick your nose in this glass. So this is rice-based whiskey, single grain, coming off of a pot still. Two times copper pot still, which and, is traditional for awamori. Okay, and this is the this is the Kujira Distillery. So Kujira is the brand name. The distillery is actually called uh, Kumosen uh, Soyuzo. Uh, it's from 1952. Super easy to say. In I know, I know, right? Um, so it uh, was established in 1952, uh, but they've been um, so in awamori. It's uh, sochu. You don't usually mature or age. Maybe a couple months here or there, but Awamori is usually matured at least 10 years. Um, about 30 to 40 years ago, they started actually aging it in uh, bourbon barrels. Uh, so just to kind of make it do something a little fun. So what you have here is uh, basically an aged Awamori, is how you would classify it in Japan. Okay, but okay, but Awamori would be just single distilled, right? Am Twice. Albemore is also double distilled? It's double distilled. Oh, okay. It's got a really interesting nose. What are you guys getting? Because I definitely get some really distinct food Paint. words come to mind. Marzipan. Marzipan? What else? Paint? Delicious. Um, all right. All right. I'm getting like some really unique citrus in here. Almost like a, a grapefruity beer. Like grape. What are those weird beers that have a real grapefruit nose? Like, Now tap some over your tongue. How does that experience change? Caramel, all right. Shiitake mushrooms, interesting. Yeah, mushrooms. So that could be that koji. It could be the influence of that koji, a little bit different flavor profile. Now, what is the actual business affiliation between Shinobu and Kujira? Same folks? Say, is, is Usami similar involved? Same joint partner, but not the same whiskey makers. It's marketed as Kujira here in the uh, in the states. Interestingly, Kujira means whale, and hence we're we have this. I call it a space whale. Space whale. That's right. Yeah. When I grow up, I want to be a space whale. <laughs> um, 
So it's marketed as, as Kujira here because you can't actually call it, uh, you have to call it Ejawamori in Japan. It wouldn't technically be a whiskey. Okay. Um, and that's because, you know, they've had indigenous rice spirits for a very long time. Japanese, the Japanese palate for whiskey is more demanding. When, they, when you talk about the, the huge demand globally and domestically for Japanese whiskey, you're really talking malted barley. Um, but because they've had awamori, they've had sochu, even if it's thrown in a barrel, they wouldn't consider it whiskey, so it doesn't, it's outside of that. And it actually doesn't say whiskey on the box. All it says is Kujira single grain, okay? So they're not claiming to be a whiskey. So it, it, not on that one, but the, to, to be fair, this is the one that has not yet been approved by the American TTB, that. so. It does say that though on the 20 year, which has, which has been approved by the American TTP. Yeah, what do you guys think of this eight year? Did you tap it over your tongue? What, what are you experiencing there? You love it? How much is it, if I can get my hands on a little tiny bottle of that Kujira eight year single grain, how much is it gonna run me? Well, the bottle is gonna be a lot bigger. You can get it at 750. This is the common size within Japan. Um, but because we do milliliters and in increments of, uh, of 250, we'll, we will sell a 750 and it'll be around 110 a bottle. And that's all used bourbon cast on that one? That's actually sherry and bourbon on yeah, that one. Yeah, I was going to say, I can definitely get some sherry on the finish. You were saying caramel, but I get like this nutty, like cashew and plums. How do you guys like the Kujira, huh? So how many folks, how many folks like the Shinobu more than the Kujira? Like how many folks Shinobu is your jam? How many folks like the Kujira? All right, interesting. Cool. That's really, really unique for sure. Mm. So then what is this next thing we're moving on here? The, we're going to uh, move on to what is available in the U.S. It's the 20-year. 100% indica rice, black koji, ex-bourbon, 20 whole years. Now, it's my understanding, you said it's 100%. It's, again, it's, it's uh, created by koji, creates the fermentation, and it's the indica rice again, so tons of CBDs. And... Uh, <laughs> no. It is, yes. Nice. But 20 years, and what's the cooperage on this? Um, I believe it's second fill. Second fill, there's sherry barrels on this Just, as well? Just uh, second fill bourbon, <laughs> only bourbon. So ex-bourbon cast. Now, Big for the previous boys. mark, the eight-year Kujira single grain, mm -hmm. what kind of sherry cast? Where are you getting those sherry casts? you know? Somewhere in Portugal. That would be port casks. Or, ah, sorry, sorry, not Portugal. Somewhere in Spain. Somewhere in Spain, yeah. Okay, all right. Safe answer, right. Yeah, Where are you guys yeah. getting your port barrels? Portugal. I'm a genius. Well, no, it's good, it's good. Sometimes there is a lot of uh, lack of transparency. You don't even Sometimes. know who the master distiller is, right? It's like, in this case. Like, do you, you don't have a bat phone or anything you can uh, No, no. If we put a signal in the if, air, if show you up can, uh, the If you can speak Japanese and want to set your internet browsers to, uh, to Japanese domains, you could probably find their website. For the, you can find a Kujira website, but not the uh, Kumasin Soyuzo. So this whiskey's actually, the master distiller is a space whale. And <laughs> That's as good as anything. Hey, that's great. That's great. We we'll just, we'll just with go that. with that. So, Stephanie's coming around with the 20 year now, guys. So, give me some clue here. What are you guys getting on the nose? As you stick your nose in that glass and breathe in gently to your mouth, what are you reminded of? No wrong answers. Please share your opinion. Vanilla ice cream? Sweeter? You know, actually, it's a, it's a specific enzyme in, in malolactic fermentations. It's called diactylin, I believe. Uh, is responsible for that butterscotch, cream, that sort of... Creme brulee sometimes. Creme brulee, yep. Yeah, yeah, right on. 
Wow, it's got beautiful color to it. Now, how much is this 20-year-old whiskey going to run me at K&L? What did you know? $350. $350. So are these folks, are these some of the first folks in SoCal to drink this stuff here? Not this one. It's been on sale since December also. But that eight-year. But that eight-year you were. You brought that out of your personal stash. I did, yes. Okay. It's not, it's unreleased. And all of these are 100% Japanese spirit, no Irish whiskey in it? No, none those. whatsoever. It starts life as awamori and then is aged in these ex-bourbon or sherry casks. So it all it all comes from Okinawa. It all comes, it's all 100% Tell me rice. the name of the distillery again, not that I'm going to be able to say it. Kumasen Sayuzo. Kumasen Ayuzo. Kumasen Sayuzo, I believe. Kumasen I believe. Shayuzo. Yeah. For those of us who are newer to Japanese whiskey, mm -hmm. can you explain what awamori is? What what is? What Abamori? He wanted to know the history oh, of Abamori. Awamori is uh, basically a regional expression of soju. Uh, so soju, of course, is distilled rice-based spirits that's then usually matured using a koji. More often than not, when it's done in Japan or from Niigata, it's uh, a yellow koji, or excuse me, the white koji. Um, there is also a less stable yellow koji, but uh, the black koji is more native to Okinawa because of the warmer climate. And then it's it's really and it's the only one made from indica rice as opposed to other rices. Um, and it basically is their just regional soju, for lack of a better way to describe it. It's similar to how you have a sparkling wine or a champagne. It's, it's more of a regional difference there. It's my understanding that usually soju just means sake that's been distilled once. Okay, so mm -hmm. like in Irish whiskey, they have like puchin, which is basically beer that you've distilled once, and then you've got a low distillate, so like 40 proof uh, booze, as opposed to when you distill it twice, you get up to 80 proof. But that's in Abamore, you're saying that it's distilled twice traditionally. It's twice. Twice and, in copper. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And are you polishing the rice uh, before you inoculate it? It is polished to an extent, but because of the, the black koji, actually, the black koji itself is what turns the starches on the outer layer of the rice to sugar through a process called saccharification. So you don't actually need to polish it as much. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. See, that's what some people like whiskey purists sometimes have a of issue with using rice and calling it whiskey because it's a more of an adjunct grain. It's not what some people consider to be like a noble grain in the same way that mm -hmm. um, they have to polish it before you can get it to ferment. So some people argue that you're taking away the character of the grass, thus losing the kind of official name of whiskey. Because ideally, whiskey is supposed to mm -hmm. inform you as to what the character of the grain itself is. Right. Polish, you actually have to, so you have a rice kernel, and it's very hard, of course. Um, you basically polish it through a variety of different ways. Um, can tumble it? Can tumble it. You basically you wear away the, uh, the hard outer shell, and it's very sticky on the inside. So the more finely milled, the smoother the flavor. The, the... I'm glad you say that, though, because uh, the, the great thing about this is that, like I was saying before, uh, by Japanese standards, this would not be a whiskey because they've had indigenous rice beverages for a while, despite you know, whether it's been aged in bourbon cask or not. Um, by our American standard, or Western standard, and according to the TTB, um, this, be, you're right, it's not a noble grain, you could say, but this is in fact a whiskey by Western standards, being that it is any distillate made from a grain, and then aged. Beautiful. So what do you guys think of this 20 years? Sop some over your tongue. What comes to mind? How is this different from other whiskeys that you've had? Because I like to investigate, when you try something new, especially, you know, from a different country, it's interesting to wrap your head around why it tastes the way it does. Like, what is the master blender or the master stiller trying to create? 
and that goes to what they like or what their palate is most attuned to. Like we launched the Sierra Norte whiskey from Mexico this last year here in this room. And a lot of people were like, this is very different tasting. Well, it would make sense that it's very different tasting because the guy, the person who's making those whiskeys, he or she, is also making tequila at that same facility. So their palate is going to reach for those notes when they think of what a really good liquor is. And so same thing is here. If you're Japanese and maybe you've got your idea of what an ideal whiskey would be, might be very different from someone who's making bourbon or someone who's making scotch. So how is this different from other whiskeys that you have? Where does it fit in in kind of like the pantheon of flavor profiles? Please share your experience. A low rye. So kind of sweet and spicy. What else? Donut. donut glazed donut. That's nice. Now, some people will push back on the idea. They'll, they'll say that uh, it doesn't matter what the base grain is in a whiskey. I entirely disagree with this. I think it's very obvious. You can always tell the spice of a rye from the sweet of a corn. In a rice-based whiskey, you definitely have um, a characteristic um, vanilla, sort of tapioca, rice pudding quality to it, which does really complement the American barrels, too, because you have a lot of that vanilla also in it, the, the caramel notes, things like that. And then, of course, you have this interesting funk from the koji. I get that rice pudding. That, that definitely is in there mm -hmm. for me. That's delicious. Mm -hmm. As opposed to the maltose flavor you get in a, in a malt beverage, mm -hmm. yeah. a malt whiskey. You, wow. have, you have that kind of like pungent maltose sweetness. Um, and this really, one really interesting. Really good structure. It's a nice one. Very unique. Thank you. So 20 years, it's been around for a long time. So the distillery itself has been around since 1952. They have been laying barrels since 1989. Um, this is not their oldest. We will be looking at a 30-year, very limited release since the first barrels were laid. And is this a big brand in Japan? Is the Kajura, like, if they've been going since the 50s, they've been selling whiskey it's in not, Japan it for sells, a long time? It sells the Awamori in Japan, uh, but under the distillery name. The Kujira name, no. Okay. This is a new thing. Okay. Like I said, you wouldn't call this, uh, you wouldn't call this whiskey within Japan. Within Japan. Yeah. Okay. What, what percent is uh, exported versus consumed in Japan? Oh, there's a very small amount of actual awamori that's exported. Most of it, the demand domestically is quite high for awamori. Um, as far as this, uh, there were 80,000 cases total worldwide. That's worldwide. And some of them went to Hong Kong, London, other places in the country, or, or excuse me, other places in the world. We are the only American source coming in here to LA. So m the more you guys drink, the more comes into the US. So, and so well, thank you for that. And now, is this also distributed in other parts of America right now? Is it just a West Coast? And no, right it's just a SoCal? New York, Texas, Chicago, Michigan, middle of the country, Missouri, Tennessee, Oklahoma, Florida. Yeah. This well, people want Japanese whiskey. So. What, what would be a traditional Japanese toast for us to, to share this? Uh, you know that this I, with. Kanbei. Kanbei. Yeah. I was looking for something a little more elaborate. All right, I know, I know. It's Monday, right? I give the guy a break. All right. Well, Kanbei, everyone. Kanbei. Right on. Well, let's give it up for Mr. Devin Hawley. Yeah. From Shinobu and Kijira. Thank you, Devin. Best
best of luck in rolling out these whiskeys in SoCal. I think you had a great sponsor today. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like what you heard, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating and review. The Spirit Guide Society is a Spirit Adventures production in association with Bitten from the Apple Productions. Special thanks to Tone Mesa for their post-production and audio services. The show is produced by Andrew Apple and me, Pedro Shanahan. Executive producer, Andrew Abrahamson. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Spirit Guide SOC. We'll be there to answer any questions you have, share what we're drinking, and more. And if you're still thirsty, you can always find more episodes of the show wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to always drink responsibly. That means don't drink to forget, drink to remember.